God <laughs> damn it. I'm still hoping for uh, swine flu. <laughs> Inappropriately enough. You're hoping that you can track swine flu so you don't have to go to Ethan? No, I'm, I'm hoping other people get it. It's May 20th, 2009. And this is Out of Thumbs 28, and I'm Chris Remo. And I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Sweet. Well, we're back. Yeah. Yes. Did you miss us last week during Extreme News Extravaganza? That sounds is where you can insert your own response. Yeah. So, uh, Go back and rewind if you need to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how about that Duke Nukem? Oh, oh son of a bitch. what? Yeah, I heard the Duke Nukem yeah, happened. Oh, I heard he's man. not around anymore. Yeah. Well, he might be in portable form. <laughs> yeah, which is everybody's really excited about that. Form. Yeah. Well, he does. He does. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Isn't there supposed to be a statement from from that company this week? Yeah, they they released which it. Portable oh, form. What did they say? Or, uh, last week, they were just like, "Hey, we're uh, we're looking for a live action Duke Nukem actor." Really? Yeah, that was it. That's their statement. That was it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. And then they've been they've been sort of riding this Duke Nukem yeah, wave, the new, and sort I mean, of I'm like sure they're getting way more. They're yeah, they're updating like, their Twitter. Really they're like go John St. John came now. in yesterday. He was yeah. doing you know voice oh, acting. Yeah. It was really great. And that was yeah. I guarantee they're going to get five thousand times more E three appointments now than they would right. have. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is the Duke game that actually ships. Right. <laughs> Maybe the, the side scrolling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't handheld know. one. <laughs> This one will probably come out. I mean, there have been a billion Duke Nukem games that weren't yeah. made by 3D Realms, so <laughs> right. I don't see any reason to think that they're not. More than they've made, yeah. Did you see the comment by Jason Bergman on Twitter today who said, Yeah, it was hilarious. Is yeah, the Al Jazeera. The Al Jazeera of Duke Nukem yeah. reporting. <laughs> that was he, good. Apparently someone around in the Take-Two offices was. Yeah, yeah, you know, overheard comment, in the office, yeah. Which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Duke. What a weird, what a weird situation this is. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems, it's almost, I mean, I know everyone's already gone through this a million, we're mm. fucking super late to the party on this, but it is weird. Like, I still have the, the PC Gamer issue that announced Duke Dukem Forever in, like, 1997. Like, I don't know, it was weird. I was looking forward to that game long before I started writing about games or anything. Like, it, when I was just, like, a dude who played PC games, yeah, and I subscribed to Computer Gaming World and PC Gamer, I'm like, oh, man, Duke Nukem 3D was really fun. This game's going to be sweet. That, and, uh, and it was. <laughs> Twelve years later, yeah. I'm doing a podcast about video games. <laughs> talking about the death of this game that yeah. is somehow still in development. It's oh, really unbelievable. Anymore, like, when you go back through the timeline and look at it, yeah, it's just it feels like that game should have been released in, like, like you know... Out of a thousand alternate universes, like Duke has been released in all of them except for like ours. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we're the anomaly. Yeah, it's yeah. just bizarre. Yeah, I think a, a couple weeks ago we were talking about collector's editions, and I said the thing that I really wanted to see oh, was yeah. uh, was the Duke Nukem yeah, Forever collector's oh, yeah. edition before that, right. that game was. Kept. And uh, yeah. now what I really want is the Lost in La Mancha of Duke Nukem, where oh, you yeah, could, yeah, yeah. where you could you could buy the like the DVD that you'd put into your PC, and it would play the Quake Two thing, and then like the sort of like heartfelt piano like documentary <laughs> piano would come by, and then like a bank of of like Broussard would show up and be like, we really thought we thought we were onto something, <laughs> and then you play through a little more of the level until you oh, until man. it like crashes out, and then you get. Get like when the title screen you know comes up the story of duke nukem forever that'd be fucking amazing an interactive <laughs> depressing it, it, it depressing runs, documentary some kind of like uh menu like shell behind it that right. detects when you crash out and then loads the next part right that's what the inter- that would be incredible yeah, yeah. If, if, if it was you play through all the sort of busted chunks of build mixed <laughs> with people in the industry and former and current 3d realms people like reminiscing about duke nukem yeah. forever so you just it's this weird interactive documentary of of tears you could probably make that pretty cheap and sell a bunch of it <laughs> yeah, on the internet. That would be, or that'd it could cost twenty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they said they there was some kind of statement that came out. I think I probably saw it on Jack where they they said they still have the rights to sell the game directly to consumers or something. Right, certain rights to sell certain the yeah, yeah something or other very yeah. hazy. Three Realms apparently technically still exists <clears throat> as a very very yeah. small company. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm sure they well, exist it's just... as, a, as a bundle of debt and despair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they have they have direct consumer rights? I guess so. I mean, probably the agreement was signed before digital distribution was much of a concern. Cool. So get ready for Duke Nukem Forever, uh, finished by hand by Broussard himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Available only you mention at 3DRealms.com. Lost in the Mantra, because they're actually making that movie now. Wait, really? The, yeah, like the man who killed. Yeah, it was announced like earlier yeah, last Gilliam week. Yeah. said he's picking Wait, it up when? again. They yeah. just like in the la- well, I think in the last like over the last year, he's sort of been scraping the rights yeah. and stuff back together, and he's finally oh, starting that's pre-production. Yeah. yeah, so even that's gonna get made. For, for, people, <laughs> for, for people who aren't aware of what uh, Lost in La Mancha is, it's a documentary that was made about a Terry Gilliam film that was intended to be just a a sort of traditional. A oh, documentary yeah, about the yeah, it was supposed to just be like the featurette movie. that you'd get on yeah, your DVD right. or whatever. And it turned out to be this amazing chronicle of just yeah, the just like a epic downfall of this film that was just besieged by like natural disasters and yeah. medical problems with the actors and funding issues and all sorts of shit. That some of which might have been mismanagement on Gilliam's part, but a lot of which was just fate pissing in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. really worth watching. It's something that it would be really cool to see. You know, a, a, so that kind of thing exists with a game production, but I don't know if you could ever do that due to the way games are made. What's also really interesting about that is that the the Johnny Depp character is now going to be a filmmaker. Like they've changed the role, his role. Well, he's not an he's so, not an eighties cut. He's not. Yeah, he's no longer an ad ex- executive uh, or whatever. He's actually a filmmaker now, which is kind of weird and you know, metaphorical, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> very fit. That's yeah, yeah remarkably fitting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's a video game yeah. coming soon from Terry Gilliam. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Duke Nukem. Well, yeah. He is the Don Quixote of video games. <laughs> yes, yep. he is. Or maybe George Broussard is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The, There's uh, some kind of metaphor in there. Yeah. yeah. The Duke of Nukem lives on, though. It's true. On the Amstrad. Yep. No one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So I've, I've been playing the shit out of yeah. Defense Grid. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I beat that entire game. On, Did you like I it? I got a gold medal on every level. Um... No, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed. It. No, yeah. I played the whole thing. I liked it. it it's, I, I, it's, uh, you know, it's tower defense. It's just really polished, well balanced, yeah. well made tower defense. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there's a grid involved as well. It's totally a fucking grid. I really only picked it up because it was the kind of thing where it launched at twenty dollars, and there's no goddamn way. Like, I'm not usually the guy who gets all up in arms about price points of digital di- digital distributed games. I just don't usually care, but. I don't know, $20 for Tower Defense when so many good Tower Defense games are free seemed a little excessive, yeah. but Steam had a sale recently where it was available for $5, so I figured what the hell. I picked it up and I got a whole lot of time out of it, so, you know. Cool. So it was worth the 20 bucks. It probably would have been, but I, yeah. I I don't know. You bastard. I know. Yeah, I really like that game. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah, I keep seeing you on that on Steam. Yeah. Everyone I didn't think I was going to like it. Versus, I know. I thought I was going to hate it, except, actually. Except us, apparently. Have you? Been I haven't. It? No, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I picked it up actually, but I haven't actually played it. Yet. Yeah. See, I didn't think I was gonna like it. I thought it would just yeah. be sort of a bullshit pop cap take on tower defense, which it kind of is. <laughs> like it's, it's it's sort of like Peggle Cross with tower defense, but weird. Yeah, I mean, it has that sort of you know, uh, you have to fast reflexes, you know, very very you know actiony arcadey type of thing where you're clicking all over the place, you know. Yeah. But also strategy. So and what's really cool about it though is just how much content there is. I mean, it's just huge. Like it's just it's really uh, a lot of value, so that's, that's cool. cool. There's like a ton, you know. There's a ton of goddamn mini game modes and puzzles and things to do after you beat it. It's so. got modes. Yeah, it's got lots of modes. Well, they, they apparently spent like three years developing this game. Which yeah, for a PopCap game is pretty out of control. That's mm-hmm. why PopCap usually spent a sort of longer time than you would expect for a casual game on their games. I remember reading that their their polish cycle is usually huge for the for the sort of style of game they make but i guess three years is fucking a lot yeah yeah i mean that's i mean a lot of like full-on triple a games yeah they're they're approaching like schaefer time (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh i i mean just from what i've from what i've heard around the office from people who were talking to them they it definitely was a higher investment than they usually make but also it seems to have it seems to have spread to a bigger audience than they usually get i mean it seems like a lot of of gamers who don't usually pay much attention to PopCap games, have been playing this game for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I, I think they hit on a fairly easily marketable theme and were able to kind of sneak in uh, a game that is palatable to yeah. 
put like zombies in the versus name zombies in the name of the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a fairly cynical. Like, I mean, there's been do, a few of those. There's plants. Yeah. There's plants versus yes. zombies. There's there Stalin versus Martians. There's yeah, another there's versus, pirates versus ninjas. No, but I mean, just like yeah. in this like month or two, there have oh. been there have been I think three possible versus yeah. games that have come out. Oh, I can't really? the third one, but yeah, it's definitely something that it's uh, that also, gamers and internet people are very susceptible to. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The pirates versus dodgeball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pirates versus dodgeball. <laughs> I like to play as dodgeball. Yeah. Jake as the dad. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I heard you look like Big Bird. That's true. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Who looks like a dad? Sweet. Yeah. Oh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Killing Floor too. Oh, really? How is that? Now that yeah. sounds like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got zombies in it. Killing floor versus killing <laughs> zombie ceilings. Game. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a mod that is now costing you money. But, <laughs> yo, what, what, <laughs> but, I mean, what is killing floor? I don't really it's, know. Well, it, it. it used to be a Unreal Tournament mod. And basically, it's just, you know, it's a zombie uh, survival mod. And, uh, but it's more realistic take. I mean, the, the, the team got sort of acquired by uh, Tripwire and they're. You know, they put out a retail. Oh, the team did, or just the, or uh, just the game. You know, actually, I, I don't know if they t- I think the team is part of tri- is part of them. Uh, okay. Is part of the developer now. I'm not sure. I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be talking out of my ass. But anyway, um, gross. Yeah, but no, it's a good game. Um, Sweet. Uh, it's kind of moddy. But once you get past the sort of weird, you know, terrible UI and uh, uh. and you know, kind of, <laughs> well, it's it's Jake it's kind of hilarious. About this. It, it looks like you know a UI from a mod from 1999. It's really hard on the eyes. But uh, once you get past that, it's 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 pretty cool. It has one thing: <laughs> you can weld doors shut, which I really like. I like hiding in in buildings. Yeah, you like welding, which is something you can't do in Left 4 Dead, which. Uh, Always makes me mad. How similar is it to Left 4 Dead? I mean, that might not be... similar at all. Okay, okay. It's more. It's, it's more a really um, un- uninformed question. I know. Yeah. Well, it, it's you know. I mean, basically, you start out at the beginning of a level, and it's sort of there's a wave of zombies, and you have freedom to move around the level, but essentially, you're you know. So like of, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, but the, the, the you basically you say <laughs> you have guns. Yeah, you like and, Left 4 Dead. <laughs> it's a video game. <laughs> a computer game. Yeah, it's a computer game. You're saying it's the same. Yeah, it's basically the same. Pretty much like Planet No, you were going to actually say why it's not the same, so let's hear it. Oh, all right. Unless Um, you don't want to say. Well, no, it's... it's, Because you can say if you want. It's actually like Fable 2, is what I was going to say. What? (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a breadcrumb trail. There's there's actually a breadcrumb trail that leads you from point to point. Um, Does it teach you to love? (laughs) Is there a dog? (laughs) No dog. There should be a dog. There's condoms, though. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah. No, it's 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 uh it's worth checking out if you're a fan of zombies, I guess. Versus zombies. <laughs> so you can either you know, if you're a fan of both plants and zombies, mm-hmm. pick up plants versus zombies. But, but just zombies. Only zombies, pick up killing floor. Pretty much. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. Good Neither reviews. of those things pick up defense full grid force grid. What? <laughs> defense <laughs> grid force? Yeah. Twenty ten. I wanted to say defense force for some reason. It's cool. Yep. Yeah. You play anything, Jake? <laughs> uh, I updated Team Fortress in Steam last night, so I've got that going. Good I didn't job. play it. <laughs> well done. Doesn't that like automatically update? Uh, not when I forget to keep Steam running. That's how often I've been playing games lately. It's been it's been pretty uh, it's been pretty heinous. Yeah. Uh, even more so than my usual failure to play games, we're busting our butt because now that E3 is back, game developers get to bust their butt for E3 again. So that's oh, yeah. cool. Sweet. Um, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. Maybe I played some Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I watched some people play Street Fighter. You know, read the internet, read a lot of news. Uh, yeah. That's all I have to say about video games this week. <laughs> so, um, you know. I love games. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I continue to find myself wishing that you got achievements for the Netflix channel on the uh, <laughs> on the Xbox 360. Yeah. Because I would I would be that would be good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Rest of the world trounced by my uh, <laughs> gamer score. I you haven't know? used that recently. Yeah. That's my input. I know it's not cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 
Man. I am actually really super sad that we missed last week. Yeah. Was so, there were so many things that we missed out so on, and now we're just like, like uh, what else was there? That Richard about? Garriott sued for $24 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, true. We're like the kids who like missed the week at school, and we're coming oh, back way, and we're out of it. I've got yeah, to <laughs> mention something about that $24 million. I'm pretty. $27 yeah, million? Oh. Sure he sued for $27 million. Yeah, he did. And like some blog. Misquoted it as twenty four. Yeah, million. I couldn't and remember which one it was. Everybody else in the we world didn't. I'm sorry. It as twenty four. I said twenty four on the podcast last week because I yeah. I knew we had this conversation about which number it was. <laughs> I looked on Google like Richard Garriott lawsuit twenty four million. Yeah. Richard Garriott lawsuit twenty seven million, and I think twenty four million had more. Yeah, because everyone lot. got it. Off Google the first trended it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Fuck that. I was. I was. No. I recorded last week's podcast on my PowerBook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so sometimes when one guy says twenty four million, the rest of the internet says, "Who needs the fact check?" This blog that I've never read said twenty four. Um, that happens sometimes. It might have been twenty seven, or it was twenty four, and we all look like douchebags. It could be that too. Either way, someone misreported something. Maybe us, or maybe someone else. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I guess it's worth saying that the reason that I made sure that I had TF2 updated is because Meet the Spy came out, which made oh, my oh, brain God, how badass explode. was that? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. So, I met the spy, and then I met him about 15 more times <laughs> <laughs> immediately after one. That yeah. video was amazing. It really was. Yeah. Like, Did you guys see the update today? The, no. Uh, oh, it's hilarious. They, you well, mean two days ago? Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they put it at the bottom. Um <laughs> <laughs> they uh, for the the list of achievements they put uh, a special corporate achievement uh which was uh fail uh like a little icon that said fail and then the achievement was um uh internet's fail failure or something and like you know learned you know we didn't now we know how to use youtube or something it's just some like random oh. thing like they yeah admitting yeah, that they totally that was fucked cool it up. That- I, I was perfectly fine with Valve putting the video up two days earlier or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, though, because it actually wasn't intentional. Yeah. But it ended up tying really well. It, it's Yeah, it seemed like that when they have to yeah. hacked. Well, they, they actually went back in and edited the video. And on the board, on the spy, like, there's that board at the beginning mm-hmm. where all the spy things. Are, and it, it, underneath uh, one of the things, they, they erased it and put uh, internet leak or something. Like, nice. <laughs> video leak That's or awesome. something. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, that video sort of represents everything that I think is great about the sort of yeah. the sort of tone and atmosphere of TF2. Yeah. We were yeah. talking about that for a long time, stupidly, a couple of days ago. Yeah, but uh, it's great. Yeah, it's really it's one of the only games, and I you know there might be other examples, but it's one of the only games I know of. Certainly, one of the only current games I know of that that tries to well successfully, I think, creates a new approach to what a character is in between mm. the discrete named character and the the generic sort of you know sniper or scout or demo man class right. like it creates this weird like instance well, version of a character that's yeah. very specific yeah it's two games they like, do a good job of, of like i mean i don't know i feel like when you play a game like that if, at least if you're a certain type of player like a game that doesn't do what tf2 does uh-huh. your brain kind of if the game is the right kind of game and mm-hmm. you're the right kind of player, you sort of fill in that sort of tonal space yeah. around what the character is where you're like, oh, I'm, you know, when you're sniping and it's just like you sort of feel like you're that guy. And it's great that they just took it back and like, okay, maybe he just is that guy. Right. But uh, I liked that this video made that completely like concrete when the soldier's like, look, he's going to turn red any minute. He's the red right. spy. It's like, <laughs> what? You're just, you're just calling him the red spy? Like, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I like uh, the idea that, that, at any given moment, depending on what the need for the video is, there's either one of those guys or any number of them. Like, right. mm-hmm. you know, there there have been videos with with just tons of soldiers. Right, it's either, yeah, he's, right. He's, yeah. he's, he's jumping he's around. He's the soldier, or he is a soldier. Right. It, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really. I love that. Anyway, can't wait for that sniper spy update thing. Yeah. yeah. I might play some more TF2. I might play a video game. Good job. Yeah. You know, in the future, I've been playing to prepare, but. I'm still. I still don't understand what they were thinking with the achievements. I'm still. I still. I can't stand it either. I, I don't really like yeah. It I just don't get it. But they're hey. they're getting rid of that though, aren't they? Or at least lessening it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're gonna really? lessen well, what it. What are they but, doing? Well, what they're gonna do is they're gonna. They're adding um, drops, right? Yeah, they're adding drops. Uh, we don't really know how they're gonna work exactly in well, terms no, of the unlockable. No, we know unlockable. they're adding drops. So just, well, just <laughs> say back. Yeah, they're they're gonna add some, some way of 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 grabbing the achievements with you know the unlockable weapons without actually having to grind those achievements and so. Yeah. Sweet. Also hats. Yeah, you've got a backpack full of hats and hairstyles. Yeah. uh, Oh man, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. And eventually it's 
you know, I mean, it's, it's looking pretty likely that there'll be yeah. different weapons that will have different yeah, you know, they said, statistics like and uh, things. They said that the hats, the hats and stuff are statless right now. They're just aesthetic. But the sort of implication is if this system works, that they'll just end up... If there's like a, a backpack that's just a grid full of, of stuff that you can collect and equip. Wow. Yeah. Uh, are there are there many examples? I mean, I guess Counter-Strike was kind of like that. Are there very many examples of of multiplayer games that that changed this much over time? Not sort of just balanced, but like to the point where they're adding in potentially new game systems no. like that? I can't really I think don't think so that. at all. This, this is ridiculous. Some of the Unreal Tournament uh, content packs included at least new game modes, although I guess they don't just like... But that, this changed, like this just is, a straight game, then right. it's an achievement system. This is just, right. yeah, like deliberately like fucking with the balancing. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like kind of... a new separate mode. Yeah, it's really mind-boggling like, to think about how much work probably goes into just adding a couple of... I mean, like some of these are so... I, I mean, like, you know adding stun effects and just random crap that the game doesn't, you know, doesn't have already. You know, I mean, it'd be one thing if there were things that stunned people to begin with, but, you know, adding a baseball bat with a ball that stuns some dude, to have to balance that against future updates, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're, you know, they have to be continuously, I don't know, it's just It's insane. also really interesting just from a, from a game design standpoint because, or like a historical standpoint even, I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, it's, with StarCraft or something, you, you can just kind of go and install StarCraft 1.0 and play it, or you can install the newer one, really. I guess the only big change there was with Brood War, you know what I mean? Like, Brood War was a balance, big change, yeah. Yeah, there's little balance tweaks in between the beginning of the game and Brood War and Brood War and now, but Team Fortress 2 is just this weird gradient. It's not, there wasn't like there was an expansion per se, it's just yeah, been right. since it, like, you can never go back and play the game that people reviewed when that game came out. Yeah. You know I mean? I, there's probably some way to... to fuck with it and force that to happen i don't really know but you know that's essentially the game itself has just morphed permanently over time Yeah, there's probably not a lot of ways to actually force that because valve with this kind of like left for dead they seem they seem pretty intent on keeping the community from fragmenting right yeah yeah i asked them right where it's like you still playing cs 1.6 or like beta 2 or whatever yeah a lot of the uh competitive players really don't like that you can't do that i asked robin walker if they were going to add some kind of like vanilla mode option you know And uh, he didn't seem too keen on that. Yeah, I can't see. (laughs) He was like, you know, the only people we're really getting complaints from are competitive guys. And, you know, we don't give a shit about them. (laughs) (laughs) Have they they expressed any sort of end for this? I mean, like once they get nine updates out and have done, uh, have done a refresh. I I was like, you know, what is is the end game for this? I can't, you know, I I have to imagine that eventually they'll, you know, I mean, they've got the resources they're putting into this. I mean, yeah, it's. It's good for their business overall, but at some point, there—I mean—there has to be some kind of end game, right? But I mean, it is, uh, they haven't talked about it though. It does—it does keep this game in the same sort of uh, like top of mind, sort yeah. of, like financial idea that you would have with an MMO or something, where it's just there's right. always there's always I new stuff to be discovered yeah. with TF2 now, and uh, well, I think that probably pisses people off. But it's just it, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's deliberate. Yeah, that's their idea. It's just to keep it. I mean, that's the whole their whole stated goal with the idea of games as a service is just that this isn't something that we sort of release. It's something that. It's just we continually provide this yeah. thing. It's like it's a. Really I think once all the unlocks are done and and they've got sort of this you know item system out, I would assume that it'll naturally sort of you know. Well, come I mean, down. they'll probably like, release new maps and at some point like they'll that. probably just go maps and, and game the, modes. Then they're gonna have those comics, you know, sort of keep up the awareness. You know, they're doing they're doing other things. I, mean, I would at guess at the very that. least, it'll have been a few years of. Oh, it's gonna be a long time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like already at this point, it's still pretty yeah, unprecedented. Was that game 06, did it come out or 07? 07. 07, yeah. yeah, end of 07. So, but that's a long time. So if you figure it's gonna take them probably at least through this year yeah. to get the class updates done. That's a good solid two years of just ongoing yep. meaningful yeah. development. It's really interesting. It's really weird to think about that as being I mean, I'm sure it's profitable for them, but it, it's weird, you know? I mean, they're it's, not yeah. getting subscription fees out of that. The only time they ever get any money is when a brand new person buys the game. Mm-hmm. Right, like but a, I mean, there's got to be a ton of people who don't have Team Fortress. Oh, I know. I just, you know, it's de- definitely it's unusual, though. I mean, mm-hmm. can't imagine very many yeah, it's a straight cool, up multiplayer ga- developers would do that. It's a cool business model. Yeah. It's cool that it actually works somehow or seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah. Or will be declared a failed experiment in two years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, yeah, the comics thing, after seeing Meet the Spy, especially, mm. I really just wish that maybe comics wouldn't happen, and yeah, uh, I'm not, not for some reason someone comics. would just make a series of, of uh, sort of spy versus shorts spy-esque right, uh, yeah, video yeah, shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, man, things that I would happily sit through before a movie include that above any, <laughs> anything else <laughs> yeah. that ever plays in those bullshit 20-minute featurettes. Yeah. Yeah. What a Valve advertised via, like, with? Yeah. That would be hardcore if they did that. Yeah, I mean, I think all those meet the class videos would be would be super cool to to screen in a theater. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, video games, not films. Maybe we should take a little early break here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Sweet. We're breaking. All right. Video game. How far did we make it? <laughs> like 20 minutes, probably. Like 25. Oh, really? Um, I'm at 14 yeah, minutes. So, and you yeah. said there were about 10 minutes at the beginning? Yeah, probably. It was probably a little less than that. I Video even. game. There's the Tony Hawk skateboard. Oh my god, yeah. Why didn't we talk about that? We could still talk about it. Yeah. There's... Man, actually, that would be a follow-up to when we predicted that there would be a retarded Tony Hawk skateboard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how much fun you had playing Tony Hawk? Well, <laughs> here's what's not fun. Video game. There is a new team record. Dark God XXX21. Oh, yeah. that? Four Ford 200, Tay Tay 260, and we're all going to hell. Made it, made it over 21 mins on survival mode on the last stand. Sarah Goff, Nick Brecken. <laughs> what is this? What is that? <laughs> you sent it. Yeah. Talk about it. I just I pull these things in from the internet. <laughs> I like that motion. It's <laughs> just out there. It's the floating. Just, just grabbing it. it like Games a are too yet. cheap. <laughs> I just, I just pull it in right from yeah. where it's <laughs> swirled around my head, and I just grab it. And grab the idea. Hold it, in, hold it within me. Yeah. Just I nurture it. You gotta not I let go. It. Just grab. Just grab it all. Keep grabbing. Just let it Cake boil inside, inside of my stomach. Oh, we're doing a video game? Yeah, we're back. What oh. did you buy, Nick? You bought something. I bought Blade Runner. <laughs> the movie? The film? The motion picture? Yeah. This oh. is the movie cast, right? <laughs> We're doing movies. Oh, about, yes. sorry. For a second, I thought you actually did buy the movie. And not I did. The game. Yeah, <laughs> I did buy that, but I also bought the game. <laughs> oh, I see. God. You actually bought both of them. Yeah, it's the like a two-pack. Like, sort of like no, that should be Westwood. It should voxel-based be voxel-based adventure. There should be like a cute bottom for the game with the Blu-ray yeah. release. Just confused the hell amazing. out of people. Sort of like how that new. God, Indiana speaking Jones of game. voxels, I loaded up <laughs> Outcast. <laughs> oh man, and that was kind of a crazy game. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I just wanted to see if it was going to run on like Windows. I just 7. wanted to see a voxel. After yeah, I did sort of want to see a voxel because I, I I didn't have Blade Runner the voxels yet. Were crazy. It they was like shipping, and I was like, I wonder what a voxel looks like. like. Everyone always said they looked like shit, but honestly, I thought they. I thought some of the no, voxels yeah. looked really good. Like you could do really smooth 3D in ways you couldn't. With, it was pretty amazing at the, at the time. Yeah, but they were always like they were like. The decatana of the tech world at the time, like, right? Like, for some oh, reason, voxel, next, oh, yeah. silly anytime voxel. anyone mentioned a voxel, it was always with like a snide remark. But I don't know. Like Blade Runner looked pretty sweet at the time. Like I don't know how it holds up, but yeah, it looked really good. I thought when it came out. And, Outcast, uh, Outcast looks better. I mean, the the max resolution for Outcast is five twelve by something, three eighty four. Yeah, 384 yeah. yeah. I guess, I and guess, so uh, yeah. the way it runs built on a twenty four inch monitor, it's built for a twelve inch VGA screen. Yeah, That's pretty amazing. much. Yeah, yeah. On a twenty four inch monitor, it's just the game and then the largest black bars you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about Blade Runner? What is, oh no, you haven't I haven't played, played it yet. yet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. everybody says it's really good, cool and I missed. I missed out on it. I never played Blade Runner either. So it's good. It was by Westwood. Yeah, I know. It was. I played all the way through it. It was. I mean, I played through it actually at a time when. I was playing a lot of adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of them were coming out at the time, or at least I, I guess the, the genre is sort of on a bit of a decline by that point. But you know, there was a lot yeah. coming out. In the, the internet existed at that point, so that's a good right. If you if you were browsing a website with Flash, it probably means you were no longer playing adventure games, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, but there was still a fair amount coming out. I mean, there was enough that Westwood, you know, of all companies, you know, Command and Conquer guys. Yeah, uh, made one, and it was. Well, I, I mean, didn't that cost them a made, lot of money though? The Kyrania games. Oh, that's so true. They, they have, did. They have a history yeah, they of being adventure yeah, yeah, developers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like Blade Runner. I would recommend it. Um, yeah, it was. It was a fun. It Where was a fun is it game. available? Gog. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not available anywhere. In fact, I don't even think it's going to run on my computer when it's I get not, it. It's I'm not available have... anywhere. Well, yeah, I bought it. I bought it or something. What did you Yeah, I bought it from like Amazon. Some you know, like a seller. Some random seller. Yeah. But uh, well, let me know if you get it working. I'll be curious. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't it, mind playing that again. I haven't played it in a yeah. long. It's not. Time. It's not DOS box available or Scum VM. Weird. Uh, yeah. I, well, I have. A, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Next I'll week. Next week, you'll come back and 106 yeah. turns in. It crashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a stupid, obscure Nick reference. <clears throat> oh, to fucking right. Empire. Did you get yeah. Empire working? Uh, I see I, you on Steam on it occasionally. Yeah, I sort of go back to it to see if the performance has gotten better. It, it really has hasn't it? for really? me. Jesus. Yeah. That's so, too bad. I mean, I don't know if they fixed the game ending bug that I was having problems with because yeah. I'm just I'm just so turned off by it now. Yeah, I once you ha- once you like get crushed like yeah, that, yeah. it's really hard yep. to 
go back. Yeah. yeah. Once your spirit is you need, crushed, yeah. it's not surprising that. Yeah. I heard um, you were also you also picked up the Last Express. I did because everyone oh, is talking about so Jordan good. Mechner being on Twitter. Is yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> oh really? Is that yeah. what everyone's talking about? Well, maybe just, everyone within our circle. Yeah, everyone within our like, <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah, everybody. You Mechner. know, like Steve Gaynor and, uh, and you. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jordan Mechner honestly is one of my. Easily one of my all time yeah. favorite people who's ever worked in the video game industry. I feel like that guy does not get enough due, like, yeah. he does not get enough credit or discussion. I think he's easily one of the most interesting game designers and has some of the best thoughts on video games. And I think a big part of it is that he doesn't actually develop games like as his sort of day to day job. Like, he does so many things. He, he makes documentary films. He travels a lot. He's yeah. like been a screenwriter. You know, well, he writing the new Sands of Time movie, I guess, or co-wrote it. Um, he's done a lot of really, he's done a lot of research. He's just done a lot of really interesting things with his life. And I really think that. I, I think that must have an impact because whenever he does say something, it's always really carefully considered, but he's, but he's also very, uh, very like a very down to earth, humble guy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really interesting combination of qualities that, has led to some extremely important games, in my opinion. Um, not all of which are as influential as they should be. The Last Express is definitely one of those. Yeah. But I think I, I think it's an important game, and it should be, or at least it should be considered a more important game, and should have been more influential. Um, yep. I think we. T- I think I talked about it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, you, you did. Yeah. About it, I think when you interviewed those guys. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's an incredible. Yeah. Game. Steve keeps linking to his blog, which yeah, he's, he's put up. He's put blog. up his old yeah, you know, his journals and journals accounts and stuff and really for, interesting. For years now, just, yeah. yeah, it's really fascinating. He's, stuff. he's been posting up um, just every day. I guess he puts up a few of these, literally just transcribing his personal journal that he that he recorded in the mid '80s when he was making uh, Karataka, or however you pronounce it, and uh, Prince of Persia, the original one. Um, you, you know, and just other things in his life going on, he would just mm-hmm. write it all in his journal. And he's now going back and putting those up with the date stamps from when they're originally written. Yep. It's fascinating because you get little things about, you know, royalty checks that he got from Broderbund and like disagreements he had with the publisher and, and design decisions and all the process he was going through with in terms of the flow of the game and the design and the, the goals of, of the game. It's really fascinating. Um, especially because he was obviously a much younger person. I mean, that was, over 20 years ago at this point and and also with a game that was so uh recognized for a lot of the things it did with animation and uh and uh fluidity and things like that so it's i don't know it's pretty awesome yeah i i would recommend reading People that should stuff. check that off yeah yeah it's on the internet also he made a post about how <laughs> uh what was it say anything was that uh, the film like the john cusack film oh. he had a post about seeing that movie like when it came out in theaters like you know he had and he was like, man, I saw that new John Cusack movie, Say Anything. I just got to say, John Cusack, probably about the perfect man. I really wish I was more <laughs> like him. It was a pretty amazing thing that he... That's great. It's really good that he didn't have any self-consciousness about... Yeah. About... Uh, Steve, Steve linked the post from him from like 1989. And he was like, yeah, we went to the uh, Computer Game Developers Conference. Uh uh we were gonna walk in or something but we decided to go to like some theme park and we six rode flags. like the oh, yeah, six flags yeah, yeah. Went to great america instead. yeah great yeah. america yeah. yeah that's it yeah, yeah that's hilarious yeah. so anyway that's pretty good good stuff yeah but i i'm looking forward to uh, hearing your thoughts on on the last express because yeah i'm really excited to play that especially it's a really really it looks, yeah, it awesome. looks pretty amazing yeah. have you played it jake i've only played part of it because i'm stupid <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rad yeah cool yeah, I, I also just I guess since we're talking about Jordan Mechner, I, I saw a trailer for the oh yeah the Prince of Persia movie. Speaking of how uh, oh. infallible Jordan Mechner is, yeah, <laughs> I know. Jesus, this does not look like a good piece of film. I mean, I don't. Th- it probably won't be like incompetently made. It'll probably be better than that clip that's out makes it out to be. But it yeah. also, but like. It, it's also it appears to, to like, massively bulldoze over all subtlety and interesting facets of right. the Prince of Persia. It's also, and I know this is the kind of thing that a lot that a lot of people get unnecessarily worked up about, but also it is like fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, right. He doesn't exactly. even look like the prince. Well, it's just it really is kind of just a ridiculous. Yeah, like it does drive home how much of a Bruckheimer Hollywood fest it is. It's like I don't know. I mean, I I, 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 I the, the, this might be a weird thing to point out, but I. One of the things I really liked about the character of the prince in Sands of Time, well, one I, I, one thing I liked about Sands of Time, and one thing I like about Mechner in general is how much of the sen- uh, how much of a sense of restraint there is. Like I, 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 Prince of Persia: Sands of Time was not like an epic 
mind blowing, crazy experience. I mean, it was a really restrained, really, uh, tightly, uh, conceived mm -hmm. thing that worked really well from beginning to end and wrapped up really well and had a really kind of touching, well put together story with, with a character that really grew in a meaningful way. And, uh, I, you know, it's just, it's hard for me to imagine that translating like it, I, it, but it's particularly irritating to me that it's like, they choose the one in the series that like of all, you know, of all the games you can choose, like something like Resident Evil or Doom or whatever, it's like well, those make shitty movies, but I mean... Sands of Time does have the most interesting narrative conceit, which is you have this sand in an hourglass or whatever that, yeah. that lets you rewind and correct your mistakes. Well, I'm sure they're doing that though, right? I mean, that's huh? how the other games work too. Yeah, but I mean... It's called that. Prince of Persia, the two thrones. <laughs> right. But we're focusing on the Sands of Time. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that... No, it's fair enough. I mean, my point is just that it's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, when someone does, mo I'm just saying most video game movies are based on games whose narratives I don't really care about very much to begin with. You know, like they you might just don't like that games. it's associated with that good game. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, what, what you, like I mean, yep, I don't know. Yeah. I have, well, I'm just saying for a point of comparison, I have more faith in Gore Verbinski hey. to make a decent Bioshock movie, yeah. for example, than I do in Jerry Bruckheimer, whatever director for hire he has making this movie to make a good Sands of Time movie. I mean, right. I think there, I mean, there is a difference between filmmakers. But at it's least not, at this time, at least, like with this movie, there will not be a tie-in game, which is at least, that's <laughs> like the one. The, I, yeah, I suppose there might know. be. Man, Bioshock, Sands of Time. Bioshock the movie, the game also yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's an SNES platformer by right. THQ. <laughs> <laughs> right. That would be incredible. Yeah. That happened with something it's a brawler. Recently. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Street Fighter the movie. The game? Yeah. That exists. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Is it an arcade game? <laughs> yeah. Never... It's also available for the Super Nintendo. Sweet. Wow. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not... Th I, well, I, I liked that the character... I, I, this could be me reading into it, but I liked that the game supported my reading into it. Uh, the... Uh, I don't know. I liked the, the really weird... almost. It almost seemed like sort of... The accent the, the the prince had in the game, it almost had a shade of like sort of British colonialism to it or something. Like, I don't really know mm. if that makes any sense with the time period of which that game is ostensibly set. I don't really think there's anything particularly historical about that game. I don't think it it's right. really set anywhere particularly concrete one way or the other. But there was, you know, he definitely, and they're, cause they're not going to have him, they're going to have him speak in English, obviously. Yeah. But I like that, that they, they gave it a tinge of something that is somewhat associated with that region, you know, for better or worse. And, uh, it, I don't know. Also, he didn't look like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. Like, just looking at him in that getup was so preposterous. It just looked so. Ugh. Well, it looks like it looks like if Prince of Persia had been made in like 1947 or something. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Right. Yeah. That kind of ridiculous attitude towards. I'd actually be like, fine with them going all out for that, but I don't think that they are. <laughs> Probably not. If it actually is just a. Aesthetically, weird, a like, weird Hollywood epic from like right. the, the like Charlton Heston yeah, vintage. Exactly, right. mm, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, probably, not gonna it probably isn't that. No. That would be a weird, weird decision. <laughs> yeah, awesome. no kidding. Yeah, it's all he's fighting sort of stop motion rear projection creatures and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's coming soon from Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> uh, not that movie. No. no. Except for the accidental callback of of Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. wearing weird bronze makeup all over his skin, right? So that's God. pretty sweet. It just looks weird. It just looks disgusting. Like just from a purely <laughs> visual standpoint, it just looks gross. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to look at your face for this whole movie. What the fuck are you doing? Like you're embarrassing yourself <laughs> and me. <laughs> I don't want to look at your face. It just. Ugh. <laughs> Anyway, you want to do some reader mail? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I don't want to look at your face. <laughs> it's just, I, I really didn't like that trailer. All right. Let's see here. Reader mail. Yep. Starring you, the readers. So, Fraser McMillan, who I think has written in before, writes, Hey, dudes, remember that reader who thought of Jake as Big Bird? Yeah. Ever since, I've had to force myself to think, him of, to think of him as that instead of a bald guy. <laughs> because the only face I associate with baldness in video games is, you fucking guessed it, Jay Allard. <laughs> Thus, the image of Big Bird wearing a bald cap is now all I can think about whenever <laughs> I hear Rod can talk. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, Jeez. Wait. My, my, like, the <laughs> mental image that readers hold of me has just completely gone off a cliff at this point, I think. <laughs> um, I <laughs> also, I actually Big briefly appear yeah. as as Jay Allard in the 2005 Idle Thumbs E3. Oh video. my god, you're right. Or I guess I appear as Jay Rodkin. <laughs> yeah. But all I say is video games, yeah. uh, and then I walk off the stage. But yeah, uh, so find really that on the internet. Yeah, it's it can be found if you look hard enough. Yeah, probably. Um, 
Also, I look nothing like Jay Allard. No, but you, you know, the resemblance was close enough in that video. Yeah. For the, for its purposes. Um, so anyway, he says, uh, I hope you enjoy the highly professional mock-ups I prepared for his game debut in the handheld spin-off series to Idle Thumbs the Game. The next one in the pipeline is Idle Adventures, Chris Remo in Where's Hawking. <laughs> Notice the two colons, just like a real video game sequel. Uh, so he has, he actually attached images here featuring Big Bird. Idle Adventures, Jake's Quest, featuring a puffin and Big Bird with a bald cap, and the laudatory quote, this is an endorsement, IGN.com. <laughs> um, then there's another picture with some kind of fossil going on, I don't really know. Uh, in the latest edition of Edge Magazine, it's uh, he also continues, there appears to be a little dig at Chris. On the review section intro... Oh, on the, shit! I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's actually true. No, but, I uh, on the review section intro page of each issue, there's a small column with three of Edge's most played. Among them, this mo- among them this month is Valkyrie Profile, Covenant of the Plume. The quote underneath reads, We suspect that if this game had been made by Clint Hawking, the e-literati would be championing its subtle interpersonal mechanics. <laughs> Japanese and on the DS, silence. Oh man! I am I am collectively slapped along with the three other dudes who I don't even know if they're that many. Whoever fucking wrote about Far Cry Two all day long. Um, That's that's you. So there's that. I don't know if that's a fair comment though. A big part of what I really liked about Far Cry Two was the fidelity of the world and how much I felt like I was sort of in the midst of an African savanna. Well, maybe you don't know because you didn't play that game. It's true. I haven't played it on the DS, so maybe I don't fucking know. It's amazing. Just a gazelle walks in every now and then. (laughs) <laughs> so all right so then he, he adds so blasted. there's that one more thing uh i just bought a game called far cry 2 is it good i don't know i haven't played it all right next email <laughs> andrew drinkwater writes uh should gamers care if a game was made under bad working conditions is that now or was it ever a really big problem bird noise ign.com black box me that's a good question should you really care know. if a game was made under bad working conditions you probably like a should speaker? Like a sneaker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you probably should care. Are you going to find out that information? Probably not. Yeah. Does that make it easier to sleep at night? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure mm. that there are many games, and probably more importantly, there are many game assets that are produced yeah, in really more, shitty yeah. conditions. Yeah. Um, probably not like chained to a loom, but definitely uh, I'd imagine that there's some outsourced stuff that is that would make you cry. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah. who's to say? Yeah. I honestly don't have enough information to really answer this in a meaningful way. Yeah, we don't know. So, maybe a thing. Um, on a theoretical level, yeah, you should probably feel bad about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Jordan Cohen writes, um, hmm. this uh, Stalker 2 on CryEngine 3, have you guys heard or read about this? I hadn't. Have you guys? No. Nope. It's interesting. Um, yeah, apparently they're making Stalker 2 using that engine. That hasn't not been licensed very much, the CryEngine 3. Well, actually, I should say CryEngine 2 hasn't right. been licensed very much. CryEngine 3 was only just announced. Yeah. So, that's <clears> interesting. <throat> Maybe that'll allow them to make a game faster. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, it would be. Ba- I mean, the, the CryEngine editing tools seem fucking incredible in terms of yeah. being able to just spit out stuff in real time at an amazing And Stalker's, pace. you know, more or less suited to that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be like, like outdoor. Yeah. 500,000 <clears throat> barrels in a whirlwind exploding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's dead. cool. The Shadow of Barrels. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, ben Ziegler has a question for the podcast. He says, Hey, Chris, I learned to play the guitar recently, and I have the occasional urge to write a humorous song about video games. However, the combination of laziness and fear of creating something horrible and filk-like prevents me from ever actually uh, doing so. How do you get yourself to actually write clever but dorky songs without getting self-conscious about it? Well, when you do, that is. <laughs> Burn. Ben, Z- yeah, ben Ziegler. Um... Well, as far as the lazy part, uh, you might have observed. Uh, <laughs> we haven't had a song in like 10 episodes. Yeah. So that's cool. That might, I might have a, have that similar thing going on. As far as not feeling self-conscious about it, I don't really know. Just do it, I guess. I mean, we already spend a fucking, an hour every week being stupid into a microphone. An hour. Mm. Like, so, well, I'm just saying, like, on a regular basis, we, we broadcast yeah. to the internet our Final completely unprepared working conditions thoughts, are pretty terrible. Yeah. So... You should feel bad about listening to this. Yes. <laughs> um, Matthew I'm Cole, we're blasting through these, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what? Next time I'm when I'm being sneakers. quiet, I'm just sitting here making sneakers. Anyway, keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, Matthew Cole writes, Dear Thumbs, great show, but I have this problem. What? Every time I see the title for the conf grenade, don't look at me, I'm hideo. I always read it, and I know that's hideo, but whatever. I always read it as an excuse like, don't blame me, I voted for Popeyes. 
What? This constructs an elaborate fantasy in my head where Konami's discussion, Konami's disastrous unveiling of Six Days in Fallujah uh, leads an executive at the company to berate Hideo Kojima for creating a false expectation that gamers want real stories in their games about nuance and PMCs and blowing stuff up. Kojima's response, don't look at me, I'm Hideo. Then he prances <laughs> off down the hallway. <laughs> that could happen. That's a valid, that's a valid I like that. that title. That's I really like that. Yeah. I, think, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why we named it that, actually. Is it? Insider Scoop. Yeah. Thanks for casting pods in my face, Matt. You're welcome. Um, Ryan Wianco writes, best stalker bug ever. There was a point in Stalker 1 where you were trashing down a fortified position that would crash 100% of the time at a certain point in the original version of the game. That was probably 30 to 40 hours into the game. So the logical thing here is to go to the game website and find the upgrade, which coincidentally enough fixes the bug. So I grab the upgrade, shot with glee, and install it, only to find that the upgrade completely corrupts all save games, auto and quick saves. Nothing you can do about it, no warning when installing the patch, just a big old foot up your ass when you try to load your save games again. Needless to say, the box went flying out the window at this point. Ryan Wianco, IndustryBroadcast.com. I thought there was going to be more to that story. Yes, to, <laughs> to increase the chances of this email getting read on the air, I should know that I'm getting two BJs while writing this and listening to the podcast at the same time in a convertible 1972 Ford GT. Okay, PPS, doubly increase the chances. Shit, piss, cunt, fuck, bitch. Well, you succeeded, I guess. <laughs> Good job. I don't know. There was no far card reference. I think we should edit this uh, out. No. <laughs> he, he made a reference to that other email, though, about getting a BJ while listening to the podcast, which is the worst. Yeah. Stop referring yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't That's not that a callback. <laughs> no. uh, Tom Bryan has sent us an email with the subject, XXX, enlarge your bargo in two to three weeks, XXX. <laughs> the uh, text of which is, what the fuck is game? Thanks, Tom. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, Nicholas Demucci writes, uh, what's up, Idle Thumbs? Of course, the big news of the week is 3DR closing its doors. Uh, what do you think will become of the new develop of the many developers who are now jobless? Do you think the fact that they're producing a game for over 13 years without a chance to release will hinder their chance to find work at other studios? Or do you think management and producers will have the most dif- difficult time? Either way, it's a sad day for gamers, and I wish nothing but the best for devs at 3DR. Thanks for producing such an awesome cast. Freaky Nipples 69. Um, I, I know our, our, that a lot of them have already found jobs. So Oh, good. Yeah. That's, actually, that's actually pretty encouraging, considering... You know, honestly, how tough it is for a lot of developers just yeah who don't have. I shouldn't say a lot. I, you know, I don't. I don't know. But they're all hired. Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody's got a yeah. meal. No, I don't know, but uh, I know quite a few. I, mean, I think it would actually it would take a weird person to by default hold working on Duke Nukem Forever against yeah. someone. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. a particular person showed up and was like. I'm obviously part of the reason that this game never came out. I think I don't know right. who would say that, right. but uh, but just like a rank and file developer who is like right. If you're probably just, hitting their own milestones, if you're just like, a dude and you have good work to show for it, I right, think you're exactly. the same as anyone else. I mean, I don't really know. I don't know people, but I mean, yeah. But generally, the way this industry works, I mean, and, you know, oh, yeah? we we get a lot of. Well, I just mean at Gamma Sutra, we get a lot of like we do a lot of research into the way people are hired and the way they get their jobs. It doesn't actually really matter that much what you've worked on in the past. Like it's that's not actually that important to get hired somewhere else in the games industry. It's much more important to just fit well with the in, and, in the interview yeah. and and have yeah. work to show. I mean, it really, it probably you know they're probably not thrilled about the fact that they haven't actually gone through like a full complete production cycle that like got a game on a shelf. But I mean, as long as you have a reel where you can show, yeah, it seems it seems good at work. least like people. Yeah, you look for someone who looks like they will fit in and not be a dumbass and knows how to make content. Yeah. So they'll probably be okay. I mean, at least they'll be as okay as anyone else in the industry is right now with the with the, you know, the unfortunately. I mean, like fewer if your job is scheduling been. manager, you might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Like, right. That job probably did not exist. Like, like yeah, treasurer. I don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> CFO. Most of those. Yeah. It's really weird reading old George Broussard quotes now. I mean, these were oh, always I know. sort of hilarious, but now God. they're kind of hilarious and tragic. Where he's just like, yeah, we don't have schedules. We don't believe in that. We make the game we want to make, and we're never going to give a shipping date. Yeah. This all some of them of are just like so that. damning. They're yeah, just, some you know, of them just, really are very self-incriminating. It's yeah. pretty unbelievable. We're just going to ship the game, and you know, I'll call me an asshole if we never ship this game. You know what I mean? Just yeah, like right. stuff like that. Just exactly. Like, yeah. There are some old Shaq comments yeah. that are just, ugh, yeah, man. And then all the promises about profit sharing and royalties. And mm, yeah. God. Yeah, I know that Charlie Wiederhold, who who was he 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 got out. You know earlier like 2006 but, or something yeah but yeah. he but he's at infinity ward now which is pretty cool so good for him yeah so we know that guy is all right yep um so yeah duke nukem weird what a weird thing yeah, yeah. I, just, uh, I can hardly believe it and then i guess scott miller is doing his radar group thing uh yeah all right so boston low writes uh embargoes are stupid boston low the uh the commander yeah, from, of the shuttle from the dig. yeah exactly anyway 
Sorry. <clears throat> Boston Law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's from a video game. Record scratch. A computer game. <laughs> the common belief, he says, is that print magazines pressure game publishers to hang embargoes on... Excuse me. To hang embargoes on previews so that everybody gets to break the news at the same time. But I don't buy it. 99% of game journalists are working for online sites, and the remaining 1% print magazines already have complimentary online sites to go their magazines, so there's got to be reasons beyond the archaic traditions why embargoes still exist. There so are. I offer this alternative theory. Publishers are employing what is commonly known as foot-in-the-door foot technique in psychology. The idea being, if one is willing to follow a small illogical order, i.e. an embargo on a game preview, then uh, the one is easier to be co coerced into following a bigger and equally illogical order, uh, e.g. better review scores. Prison camps often use this technique to train new torturers, and it is surprisingly effective. Love the podcast. Uh, I uh, will say you are you are completely wrong and possibly <laughs> offensive and possibly full of shit. Oh, man. Um, You're offending a pilot of a space shuttle. All right. So, uh, Chris, we've got a new game coming out here at Idle Thumbs Games. It's not coming out for three weeks, but I want to show you now so you can have your article ready to go. Um I'm I'm uh, torturing you at a prison camp. Nine point eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean embargoes exist because. Uh, I mean, it's weird that the 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 implication here is that embargoes exist sort of so that print magazines can maintain it can be relevant. That's possibly that actually true. is sometimes. Yeah, true. yeah. That's there's like, really yes, man. Because it's still whenever we whenever we have an embargo at Telltale, it's just because, um, because it, it seems. It, we do it sort of as a lack of favoritism so that the person who comes into the office first doesn't just get the scoop because they happen to be scheduled a day earlier than someone else. Yes, yeah, that's, well, that's part and of it quite too, often, but, yeah. but you also, you, you mean, it's you've got the one who, who gets to go ahead of the embargo, then everyone else right. want lack of that's favoritism. Not, that's not always true, though. That's, that's true a lot true, of the you time. You said you don't think that's a factor, and I'm saying it is. Like, okay. a print, a print well, I mean, yeah, there are there are exclusives, but it's not always a print magazine either. No, no, but no, it, that's it could the be most, game trailers. But I mean, that's or whatever, an extremely but... common thing is for them to put an embargo on something so that the pre so that the print yeah. press okay. can get it out. That that's fair enough, but it's not it's not okay. Fine, maybe it is. Yeah, it is. Like that actually happens a lot with European press as well for whatever reason. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'm an asshole then. <laughs> but it's well, I think he's told well I mean I think the second half I mean I yeah, feel like that, that email is correct about dr drives itself off a cliff yeah and I mean the, yeah. the, the reason is just because they want their shit to be coordinated they want to they want I mean there are a few reasons one is they want all their stuff to go up at the same time so that they can they can coordinate a sustained like a or, or not necessarily sustained but a really concentrated PR assault and monitor yeah. what's going up when and, right. and who's going to what sites and so this forth. Also, they do it for the print magazine reason as specified because there is still a really, uh, you know, regardless of, of how important anyone thinks print is, and it's definitely of decreasing relevance, there still is like, just it's a fact, a really high, th there's a certain cachet with being like, for example, a cover story in print mag that is just not remotely close. Yeah, to, that, that to, stuff is all true. The thing that I guess maybe bothers me about what he was saying, where it's uh, as if there's this sort of like subversive slash authoritarian, like yeah, that part silencing going on. Yeah, mm, yeah. Games writers are free to write whatever the fuck they want. That's like journalism, news, whatever. If you're covering a game as a reviewer, <laughs> yeah, that's not the same thing as if anything, writing a news story about it. I mean, like, yeah. it's not. I mean, if anything, I would say, if from an embargo like, standpoint, more often I am put off from a game than, like, well, if somebody is given an exclusive and I'm sitting waiting on an embargo, then that's going to, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I would assume the opposite, I guess, even though, even though I don't like, really pay well, attention well, to that, if, but I would think that, you know, If anyway. you, as a journalist, find out a piece of information on your own, check the source, cover it, go to fucking town. If a publisher says, come into our office and see something that we're not actually showing or announcing yet... Uh, with the express oh, yeah. agreement that you won't talk about it until we're actually releasing it, then you have two choices. You either don't go in and see it, right. and then you have nothing to say, or you come in and see it. I mean, that's just how yeah. reality works. I mean, you're not you're not somehow being cunning or subversive by going in and saying, sure, I'll take a look at this game, <laughs> and then covering it three seconds later. That doesn't yeah. make you cool. That no, makes you a bullshit. child. Yeah. And, yeah. and embargoes so, are actually something that happens in every industry, including non-entertainment journalism. Right. That's something that happens just in the world. Yeah. Like, generally speaking. Like, if a company... It, I mean, to, it, it is... If someone is showing you something just, you know, 
right. not out of the kindness of their heart. Obviously, no, yeah, it's not. The, courtesy is not the word. But, but it's, if they're it's, hosting you and they're determining the terms, it's there. I mean, right. But yeah, the, as a journalist, you're free to figure out that information exactly, on your own and right. cover it. Exactly. Yeah, right. But that's encouraged. Like that's what you should be doing as right. a journalist. You should be finding out information and publishing it. But you can't walk in, take a handout, and then act as if you've got some subversive scoop. And if you and the and claim that the alternative to that is that the like publishing industry and development industry are a bunch of like fascists. crazy like psycho manipulative yeah. fascists. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's sort of uh, a, a naive assumption about how embargoes work. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's well, I don't know. If it's naive as much of it's just sort of uh, conspiratorial. Like, yeah, I guess conspiratorial. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fair enough. But it's yeah, a conspiracy. It's that, that made me pissed. Apparently, yeah, when I yeah, read that Jake email, really had an sorry. Yeah, well, it's just, I think <laughs> I just like a lot of other things in in games, like I guess I don't know DRM. I don't know what I. Th- I mean, I think <laughs> embargoes are kind of dumb, or if they're not dumb, they're definitely occasionally manipulated or overused to the where like what you where you said where it's like why are you why this 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 piece of information being embargoed just makes me less interested in it i think it yeah. happens sometimes yeah. but yeah well they, they I, have I their mean, place as a device though so it's not you know you yeah. can't you can't, yeah no I mean, you can't complain they're, about they're, it i mean there's nice nothing at, to, they're nice at times i mean honestly like if i mean this doesn't matter as much where i am now but like for example when i was at shack and i actually had to do right. previews of games. you have two weeks to, to yeah. put your story together before before you worry right. that like ign is it just sucks. gonna shit well, something it out sucks if i if i know that uh, that Kotaku is literally going to have this up within an hour. They're just going to shit out, you yeah. know, some preview like right. immediately. Like that's, exclusives lately, though, have really gotten pretty prevalent. Like yeah, especially with game I trailers, yeah. the world exclusives. Oh, you every time you go yeah. to an event, you know, you're embargoed until a certain yeah. point, and then inevitably, game trailers has right. it out on Friday the week before or something. Right, right. and uh, that's, that sort of yeah. becomes very frustrating. That's more but, of the irritating part about embargoes yeah, is how yeah. it sort of just turns into essentially a monopoly. Right. With, with yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but there's nothing the you can do about it. I mean, what? Goes, I don't have a problem. Um, yeah, but yeah, there isn't anything you can do about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so next email. Kazura Corky writes, uh, Greetings, you manliest of men. First of all, let me say I love you guys and your podcast to the full extent of my heart. You're the best, the best, Jerry. I'm writing this in order to thank you for your direct involvement of me getting admitted to Harvard. <laughs> okay. Allow me to elaborate. As a Scandinavian student, I had to take an English proficiency test in order to be able to study anywhere in the U.S., and A, yada, yada, yada. Without you, it would have been impossible for me to nail the writing, speaking, and vocabulary sections. Needless to say, your wonderfully witty banter and profusely articulate demeanor has attributed immensely to my test results, and for that, I'm extremely grateful. Thank you very much for your wonderful podcast. Forever yours, Corky. Wow. Well, you're welcome. Sweet. All right. That's weird. Good. I thought we just said poop a lot. Yeah, yeah I know. We might have also demonstrated a Harvard well, None of level. us also, yeah. None of <laughs> yeah, us right. tried applying to Harvard. That's like, true. Yeah. So, yeah. This podcast well, needs to be run have. through Jesus. that uh, literacy yeah. now you know. calculator. Also, sorry I went insane about the embargoes question a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Boston Low will never listen to our podcast again. I know. Sorry, Boston. Big Bird spoiled his day. <laughs> it, that, that is the true legend of Big Bird's bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, One thing I want to say about this last email, though, is... It's actually, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't personally had this experience since I'm a native English speaker, but definitely knowing dudes from Europe, um, it definitely, 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 literally, definitely, definitely, um, literally like Merrick, for example, one of the idle thumb guys, he always talked about how adventure games were a big part of how he learned to speak English. I've talked to a lot. He's a a really proficient English speaker. On the, on the adventuregamers.com forums, there were a decent number of people who, who did that. But I remember, I remember, yeah, Merrick saying that he would ask his English teacher what completely insane words meant when he was playing Monkey Island or something. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the fact that the scum games actually had you conjugate sentences in English helped with that. I think it probably did. Yeah. You had to be thinking about how those verbs were. Yeah. Speaking of languages, somebody made a, I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody was talking about how, uh, playing a game, God, it was, it was, it was like Fallout 3 or something. Oh, they had downloaded the DLC for Fallout 3 and had accidentally downloaded like the French version because they were in Canada. Oh, right. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, gaff. yeah. That was, or, I think I saw it on Shaq. Maybe it was cross posting. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, maybe a lot of people had that problem. This but, guy, this guy, well, just to well, recap, this guy, yeah, oh, this guy well. downloaded, he, tr- he attempted to download, uh, content for Fallout and apparently it was the French version, but the, the, the that, label didn't pop up right you scroll all the way down to the bottom yeah, of the description yeah. it was the default thing probably happened that a lot showed of up on his screen like not in france and it was just someone fucked up with the xbox live marketplace and microsoft refused to refund it or swap it out or mm-hmm. let him get the english one in any way 
And he just went back and forth, and they just refused. But it ridiculous. made me think about how, I don't know, kind of refreshing it would be to sort of play a game in a foreign language. I don't. I, I would sort of enjoy that in a way, just because they, people, the subtitles uh, yeah. are already built into that game. I know some people yeah. who played Beyond Good and Evil in French, uh, yeah. which I think yeah. is kind of actually you an awesome that, idea. You can do that Yakuza, too, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose Japanese But you can't are, with the upcoming new Final Fantasy yeah, game. Right, yeah, yeah, that's like <laughs> the game that people are worried about with that. I don't know. Man, I, this, on a sort of... Not actually not a game, but what? There, there's a there's a a a film Goodbye Lenin. I don't know if you guys. I know it exists. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I actually watched that movie with no subtitles and no English dubbing. Yeah, I've done stuff like that just before. for, just for hell it. it was really cool. <laughs> it was like I got the like you know it was a it was enough such that I I really I got the meaning just via what was going on in the in the scenes. Right, and it was a really interesting way to watch a foreign film, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I I got a lot out of it. It was really. Really unusual. It made me have. To, it made me pay attention to the movie in a way that I, in like a much more, like intense yeah. way than I usually yeah. do. And Th- I, that I, actually, uh, I, I have a stupid confession, which is that I'm still watching Heroes, and I, even though I hate it, it's <laughs> shit. But uh, there was some fuck up in the encoding with the Netflix Instant View version of the of this Heroes season three finale, where it didn't have the dialogue track. Uh-huh. It was just the music and ambient sound. Oh, weird. So, like, for the, the previously on Heroes, you know, it just shows, like, the spinning globe and says previously on it has the music. And I was like, what the hell? Is this some weird artsy thing they're doing just for the recap? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's a character sort of talking, but there's, like, weird echoey foley, because the actual foley isn't there. But, like, the ambient track was just, like, you'd, someone yeah. would set down an object and sort of, like... <laughs> So it's just the post processing. Yeah, like, it's it's the post processing, oh, the music, and the ambience. That's crazy. And oh, I was like, wow, man. this is they're gone really avant garde with this episode <laughs> of Heroes. I was like, I'll wait. Surely at some point there's going to be like a plot contrivance that kicks in and people can suddenly hear again. Or like right. I'm hearing yeah, this from yeah, the yeah. perspective of yeah, someone who's some like some kind of crazy event. Yeah. That caught, yeah. And I watched it for like 30 minutes. Like this is amazing. <laughs> God, Heroes is just bold, fucking bold. This is, this is crazy. I think it, maybe at this point I should be hearing what they're saying though. And then. And I, I was like, oh, okay. And I, I bought it on Amazon Unbox. It was like, previously on Heroes. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, this that's, that's, way less that, yeah, yeah. This is shit. It's just a bunch of bad, like, stumpy exposition. All right. Well, that's too bad. Was it enjoyable to watch with the... That yeah, was awesome. I, was, like, I would watch I totally, that sounds I was totally following everything that was going on. It was just, yeah. just like super subtle visual storytelling. It's like, oh, the expression on his face just says <laughs> right. so much. Oh, but then his voice was saying, we've got to get out of here now. Right. Like, oh, okay. Well, fuck. Yeah. Never that's mind. That's like the minimalist Garfield strip. Like where you yeah. take, you just remove something oh and it God, becomes a completely yeah. different yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. God, I would be really interested in trying to seek that out. I wonder if they ever yeah. corrected uh, yeah, it. Yeah, it's worth it's worth trying. I was watching it. <laughs> I, I was watching it on like the Roku Netflix box. But you check out the Hero season finale on your 360 and see if you just get the ambient sound. Um, I'll do that after you guys leave <laughs> to get out of my apartment. <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> so yeah. that was cool. Are there any more reader mails? Um, I think that was that's. All I have a had. reader mail type question yeah, actually. What is Just something I was so thinking this one's about? From Nick Brecken. Yeah, Nick this is from Nick Bre- yeah, Nick Breedon <laughs> from Bangladesh. Um, what is game? What is game? No, what? <laughs> if you guys ever um played a game in, I mean, is, does a game exist where the primary mode, like the primary graphics mode, is like the default is black and white? Has there ever been a game made for Mad World? <laughs> no, more like. <laughs> Saboteur, Pong? really? Saboteur? The saboteur is is that? I think yeah, that's that game that is yeah, that is I largely mean, you, in black and white. You, you and turn then the game into color as, as you mean. liberate people from the Nazis, the game becomes really? color like Pleasantville. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's true. This is crazy. It is, right? it is basically Pleasant, Pleasantville, yeah. Except that you're liberating so if, people from the Nazis. None of those three examples count. Then what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Just well, could you give there. an example? Uh, Sam and Max hit the road. Well, I was just curious if that's ever been really messed around with at all. I'm sure, I, I'm sure I, there are some... In the same way that oh. foreign languages well, sort I mean, of intrigue like, me, the, the, the fact that, you know, anyway. I'm sure, I'm sure that, I mean, like, I know there are, there are a couple, uh, there's like, some adventure games that work like that, like the, uh, the ones, Mark Darren, who's a designer at Telltale, made a bunch of games starring a private investigator called Nick Bounty. Uh, they're like throwback cartoon noir games that oh, are okay. black and white. But I mean, are you talking about like... No, no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are games that are in black and white. Cool. There's that game, The Unfinished Swan, that indie game. I don't know if it actually Oh, yeah, was... by Ian Dallas, another former writer of Tell- uh, Telltale Games. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So Telltale Games loves uh, having people who, either before or after working there, produce black and white games <laughs> to appease Nick Brackett. Yeah, including Sweet. the original Sam and Max, I guess. Uh, Sam and Max at the Road also has black and white mode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's grayscale mode, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't really, yeah. But yeah, you know, Palm. I meant for like a cinematic does effect, like, but yeah. Does like Hercules graphics orange and black count? Because then pretty much every, <laughs> every PC game. Yeah. No, yeah. I meant, I meant for as like an intentional yeah. effect, but yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, no. Text adventures? Any. Yeah. <laughs> jokes. Oh, God, jokes. 
Mm. I'm going to just ask a question to the audience because yeah, this, is from that, Jake Rodkin. this is this is a question I have for the world, which has nothing to do with anything other than I have this <laughs> microphone that I can ask a question to. <laughs> um, does a, a short science fiction story exist wherein a uh, the protagonist travels back in time to collect the parts to build his own time machine? <laughs> Jesus, is this because you you just thought of this, or because you- yeah, I, I was I was <laughs> thinking about. Um, there's the type of time travel in movies where you go back in time and that like causes the timeline to branch, or there's the one where it's a sort of like loop of Recursive, fate, yeah. right? So like if you if the only reason that you have the parts for your time machine is because you, you went back in time and set right. them in your garage, yeah, uh, that would be extreme. I mean, there are definitely stories that essentially do that, but none that so overtly, right? You know, what I mean, there are ones that have that same cause and effect, but none that I know of that that actually yeah. say it literally. Just, it just occurred to me as a stupid, weird analogy for that type of time travel versus yeah. the kind where that's not possible right. because uh, yeah. you go back in time and then you're in ultimate and then 1985. And two of you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so if that hmm. exists and isn't shit, I would happily read it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Someone make a video game. A Day of the Tentacle style video game. <laughs> that's it. Just stop it right there. <laughs> We already skipped an episode, so we can't just skip another one. <laughs> this is such a failure. Christ. Games. You guys are just reading your iPhones? Jesus, We just released like five minutes of Jake's laughing. <laughs> the scariest goddamn blast you've ever heard. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Uh, Video game.